We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. NATO declines Ukraine's membership until requirements are met. If, you know, Ukraine joined NATO, in effect, all of NATO would be at war. The whistleblower who accused President Biden of corruption has been himself indicted by the DOJ. The American people ought to know if Joe Biden was for sale and if his family was for sale. Bank of America is ordered to pay over $150 million in penalties. Due to sales practices and, and you know, opening up um, accounts without uh, consumers' consent. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Wednesday, July 12th. I'm Mike Scott. On Tuesday, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky took to social media to express his dissatisfaction over his country being denied NATO membership. Zelensky issued this scathing statement on his way to the NATO summit, slamming some of the NATO allies for their resistance to letting Ukraine into the club, so to speak. Zelensky says it is, quote, unprecedented and absurd to not set a time frame for either the invitation to join NATO or when Ukraine will become a member. He says it seems there is no readiness neither to invite Ukraine to NATO nor to make it a member of the alliance. Biden says Ukraine can't be brought into the alliance now because it risks NATO allies being drawn into a war against Russia. Officials have drafted a proposal which has not been publicly released on Ukraine's potential membership. Now, this isn't satisfying Zelensky's wishes, saying there are conditions uh, being added for Ukraine's membership. Zelensky says any delay to its membership is, quote, motivation for Russia to continue its, quote, terror, adding, quote, uncertainty is weakness. And I will openly discuss this at the summit. Biden is set to meet with Zelensky on Wednesday. Remarking on the proposal for Ukraine's membership in the alliance, President Biden had this to say. We agree on the language that, uh, that uh, proposed and proposed relative to the future of uh, Ukraine being able to join NATO. Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg weighed in on the draft proposal and says he does see a path forward for Ukraine for membership in NATO but declined a specific timetable. We agree on the United and the positive message, message on the path forward for uh, Ukraine and uh, membership uh, for uh, Ukraine. President Biden has said repeatedly that while the U.S. and NATO members support Ukraine's war effort, the time isn't right for Ukraine to join the alliance. Biden has also made note that there are issues with Ukrainian eligibility, such as a lack of democratization. Retired Army Lieutenant General Richard Newton believes that NATO is making the right choice by pushing off Ukraine's membership in the alliance for now. 
Ukraine has been for the last, you know, beyond 10 years, there's been, uh, you know, much discussion and now some agreement of providing a path for Ukraine to join NATO. But uh, and I agree certainly with President Biden and the other NATO leaders, timing is just not now. Because if, you know, Ukraine joined NATO, in effect, all of NATO would be at war with with, uh, you know, with Russia. Right. It would automatically it would automatically bring on Article five, you know, one for all, all for one. It's that's that if they were part of NATO, we'd all be in the war helping fight, fight and defend Ukraine, because that's what the NATO Article five agreement says. According to Newton, if Ukraine joined NATO now, it would only serve to provoke stronger actions from Vladimir Putin. Even beyond the, the Article 5 aspect of this, Elizabeth, is it doesn't deter Putin one inch. Yeah. Uh, if anything, it'll provoke Putin at a time when, uh, the, frankly, the counteroffensive is going rather slow. We had a spring offensive. Now it's a summer offensive. It may be a, a fall offensive. By the way, I'm not uh, bemoaning Ukraine for that because it's a very difficult fight they've got on their hands to, uh, again, get the very deeply entrenched enemy uh, off their territory. But nonetheless, it's a very difficult fight that lies ahead. But right now, they don't need the political theater, if you will, or the drama that would be uh, forthcoming should uh, NATO, and they're not going to do this, uh, invite Ukraine into NATO in a formal way. Let's let's get the war, uh, uh, you know, taken care of. Let's, you know, we can help meet uh uh, Zelensky's needs or his his uh, his red lines, and that is to get Russia out of his country, uh, not only necessarily from the February of 2022, but back in 2014. That's mission enough. And then we'll have some discussions about Ukraine joining NATO and so forth. The retired lieutenant general believes that Russia's invasion of Ukraine has had the opposite impact of what Vladimir Putin was looking for. Not at all. In fact, it's Na- it's it's unified uh, uh, the NATO alliance even even stronger than it was before the invasion, and so that's significant. Also, you mentioned the invite of of Sweden, and in April, Finland joined. That Sweden, by the way, is the largest territory in Northern Europe. Now that you've got Sweden and Finland part of NATO, that is a tremendous pinch, if you will, on Putin in Russia. It creates a significant choke point for not only their warships, but their aircraft as well. And so that is significant in and of itself. Uh, But nonetheless, the focus has to be on on war fighting, continue to supply Ukraine with uh, with the ammunition. And I advocate also for Army tactical missile systems and F-16s and so forth so that they can win this fight. But it's a long fight. And we're talking not within months, Uh, You know, Elizabeth, we're talking well into 2024. Looking ahead, Newton says that we're still a long way off from seeing Ukrainian pilots in F-16 jets. Well, what we've done is we've, uh, as President Biden mentioned several months or so, or a couple months or so ago, was to provide for the training. That's that's important. And that training is going on right now. Uh, And I believe what will come after, once we get those uh, Ukrainian F-16 fighter pilots now uh, operationally trained, I think you're going to see now uh, the Biden administration will move forward. Uh, with approving the sale or the lending of F-16 aircraft may not necessarily be from U.S. inventory, but other NATO members' uh, inventories as well. So I think uh, I don't have any really deep insights into that, but that's what I predict, and we'll be talking about that here in a couple months. NATO recently accepted Finland as its 31st member and reached a deal Monday that would pave the way to making Sweden its 32nd. A follower of cult leader Charles Manson, Leslie Van Houten, has been released from a California prison. Daybreak Insider's Ed Donahue has more on that story. 
Van Houten was 19 in 1969 when Los Angeles grocer Lino LaBianca and his wife were killed in their home by followers of Charles Manson. Van Houten later described holding Rosemary LaBianca down with a pillowcase over her head as others stabbed her. She later stabbed her as well. Van Houten had been recommended for parole five times since 2016. All those recommendations were denied by the governor at the time. She appeared here in 2010. As a rehabilitated woman, I would like to state that the insight I have gained is not meant to excuse any of my acts. Governor Gavin Newsom did not fight Van Houten's latest request for parole. I'm Ed Donahue. Galloped, a 57-year-old dual U.S.-Israeli citizen, allegedly provided the FBI with information on the Biden family business dealings in China and has now been indicted for alleged arms trafficking. Acting as an unregistered agent of China and other charges involving Iran. Loft was arrested in February in Cyprus on U.S. charges, but fled after being released on bail while awaiting extradition. Prosecutors said he's currently not in U.S. custody. Republican Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin believes that the Loft arrest is an attempt to bury the truth of Biden family dealings in China. He was consulting with CEFC, the same Chinese company connected to the Communist Party that was paying the Bidens millions of dollars. When he heard that Joe Biden was going to be running for president, that alarmed him because he knew how compromised Joe Biden would be. So he met with two prosecutors from the Southern District of New York and four FBI agents in Brussels for two days in March of 2019. He's got a wealth of information, but they never followed up on that meeting. Instead, they arrested him in Cyprus to silence him. Republican Congresswoman Nancy Mace of South Carolina believes that the Luft arrest is another example of a two-tiered system of justice. And no one should be surprised here. I don't trust the DOJ or the FBI. They are trying to silence our witnesses. This is a way to do that. He deserves to testify before the Oversight Committee. We have a lot of questions. We want to know why the evidence he brought forth to the FBI in that Brussels meeting in 2019 was not followed up on. And the irony here is not lost on anyone charging him for failing to register as a foreign agent. Well, I have a question for the DOJ and the FBI this morning. What was Hunter Biden doing with millions and millions of dollars from foreign countries advocating and lobbying on their behalf? I mean, really, this is obscene that they're not charging Hunter with the same crimes they're charging this guy. Mace goes on to say that, in her opinion, the Justice Department is simply trying to block the House Republicans' investigation into the Biden family. We've seen tens of millions of dollars from foreign countries where he was assisting them, was never registered as a foreign agent. And that's why these witnesses are so important that have information, have evidence to bring it forward to the Oversight Committee. And here, if this is just another stonewalling tactic by the FBI and the DOJ, we've seen this over and over again. And this is just days after the bombshell report that people read about, about the potential evidence he had. He ought to, he ought to testify before the Oversight Committee. We deserve to find that information because the FBI and DOJ keep blocking us from this investigation. Still, May says that she and her colleagues remain undeterred and will seek out other whistleblowers. 
Well, it certainly slows the investigation down and will prevent him from testifying before the Oversight Committee. Fortunately, there are other whistleblowers that have other pieces of information. But, I mean, my God, we have got to get the DOJ and the FBI to, to come before the Oversight Committee. This can't continue. The way that they have stonewalled and blocked us from our investigation, essentially blocking the American people from knowing what was really going on. The American people ought to know if Joe Biden was for sale and if his family was for sale, if Hunter Biden was the middleman between all these countries and Joe Biden as president or vice president. The American people ought to deserve, ought to know the truth in this thing. The South Carolina Congresswoman has faith that they will find a way to get to the truth for the American people. Well, we have to do whatever we can, regardless of what the FBI and DOJ are attempting to do. I have great faith in our chairman, James Comer. Every time we've been blocked, we've We've certainly tried to find and have found a way to get around it and get that to get to that information. And uh, we're going to rely on him and his leadership to be able to do that on what next steps might be so we can you know, get other whistleblowers to come forward. What we, what we believe is happening here is that the FBI and DOJ received this evidence and then did nothing. Maybe there are no emails because they didn't do any investigation. We ought to know that as well. But we're going to work hard to try to figure this out. We don't have a lot of time, but we are going to work as hard as we can and deliver as much evidence as we can to the American people so that they can decide whether or not Joe Biden should be in prison or any member of his family as well. This comes after the New York Post published a video from Luft where he claims to have been arrested in order to stop him from testifying against the Biden family. Prosecutors claim that Luft tried to broker a deal for Chinese companies to sell weapons to Libya and other countries, even though he had no license to do so. He is also accused of trying to sell Iranian oil to the Chinese, a violation of U.S. sanctions. American students are falling even further behind. Daybreak insider Donna Water fills us in on what we need to know. Research by NWEA, a nonprofit group that administers standardized tests, says that despite extensive efforts to help U.S. students recover from setbacks during the pandemic, they're still falling behind. The group looked at data from 6.5 million students who took the MAP growth assessment in reading and math since the onset of the pandemic. Those numbers were compared with data on academic growth from three years before the pandemic. The analysis showed that test results from the third full school year since the pandemic hit are in some ways worse than the previous year. I'm Donna Water. The nation's second largest bank, Bank of America, has been ordered to pay up more than $100 million in fines back to customers for double-charging, insufficient fund fees, and opening accounts without customers' knowledge or permission. The bank is also on the hook for an additional $150 million in penalties for the same violations. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau says they found that Bank of America harmed hundreds of thousands of customers across multiple product lines over a period of several years through a series of illegal practices. What the CFPB's investigation revealed is that when you go back as far as 2012, Bank of America employees applied for and enrolled customers for credit cards without their knowledge or permission to reach sales-based incentive goals. 
The employees illegally signed up customers by obtaining consumer credit reports and completed applications without customer permission. That resulted in unjust fees and negative impacts on customers' credit scores. Polo Rocha is a reporter for The American Banker and says that this is just the latest crackdown on abusive practices employed by some banks. Yeah, I think, you know, 150 million penalties, um, it's a big number, but it's, you know, um, it's not so massive that it will, you know, drastically weigh on their earnings. But I think it kind of lines up with this focus from the CFPB and Biden regulators on overdraft fees and, um, you know, maybe cracking down on um, fees that maybe are double charged. Uh, uh, This case kind of also gets at withholding credit card bonuses that were promised to consumers. Um, You know, Bank of America says it's changed its overdraft and um, policies over the years and that it's its revenues have really dropped uh, 90% since it kind of made some big reductions in the overdraft uh, fee and eliminated other fees. Rocha explains that Bank of America isn't the only bank that had dubious sales pitches. Uh, that said, you know, there's also this kind of sales practices, um, you know, from from years ago. Wells Fargo um, obviously uh, had some major troubles and, and is still dealing with them due to sales practices and, and you know, opening up um, accounts without uh, consumers consent. Um, so, you know, the, the regulators have kind of looked at sales practices at big banks in the year since. And so that's just another example Um of uh, an issue popping up here, but it certainly lines up with uh, bigger penalties that uh, bigger and, and regional banks um, are, are facing from uh, regulators in cases of you know harming consumers. Looking ahead, Rocha doesn't believe that the violations will impact the banking sector much beyond the damage it will do to Bank of America's reputation. I think they, you know, gradually plan for, you know, they know when they're being investigated and kind of set aside money over time for it. So to a certain extent, I, I would assume that, you know, um, banks are kind of well prepared for this. But there is a reputational damage, right? You know, if, if you um, uh, have... Uh, you know, um, uh, several or a, a string of these issues, you know, maybe customers um, don't want to come to you as much. And, you know, in this era of kind of um, the importance of, of keeping deposits and keeping, um, you know, money in your bank so that you can lend it out, um, you know, losing customers trust, whether it be consumers or small business or corporate clients, you know, um, keeping that trust is really important. So, you know, I think there's always kind of a, a limiting factor uh, there. The bank was also slapped with two other penalties in 2022, totaling $235 million, including a $10 million civil penalty for unlawfully processing out-of-state garnishments, removing customer funds for debts against customer bank accounts, a $225 million fine for automatically and unlawfully freezing customer accounts with a fraud detection program during the COVID-19 pandemic. A federal appeals court has again blocked construction of a section of a natural gas pipeline being built through Virginia and West Virginia. We get more on this developing story from our Daybreak Insider in Washington, Rich Thomason. The stay was issued by the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals in Richmond. It comes after Congress passed legislation requiring issuance of all the necessary permits for construction of the 300-mile Mountain Valley Pipeline. The law also stripped the Fourth Circuit from jurisdiction over the case. Environmentalists, though, argue that Congress overstepped its authority by enacting the law 
and that the action violates the constitutional separation of powers. Rich Thomason reporting. Changes could be coming to baseball's pitch clock ahead of the Major League Baseball playoffs. Daybreak Insider's sports correspondent, Gethin Coolbaugh, has more on this developing story. Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred will consider increasing the time on the pitch clock for the postseason, but is reluctant to adjust an innovation the sport considers a great success. On Tuesday, Manfred told the Baseball Writers Association of America that the league will continue to talk to the players. In the first season of the pitch clock, the average time of a nine-inning game is two hours and 38 minutes, on track to be the fastest since 1984. It is down from 3.04 last year and 3.09 in 2021, the last season before Pitchcom was introduced. I'm Geffen Coolbaugh. And finally, a bittersweet story of Annie. The 19-year-old Labrador retriever mix surrendered to a Dallas shelter and given only one month to live. Back in June of 2022, many had given up on the senior pup. That is, until Lauren Seilers saw a picture of her on the powerful rescue shelter website and decided to adopt Annie in order to give her the best final days of her life. However, shocking everyone, Annie lived for a year and checked off an extensive bucket list. This one says, Happy Valentine's Day, Annie. Valentine's Day came in August after Christmas in July. You squeeze in all the holidays when only few days are left. Annie the Black Lab, turned silver, has a magical current life, but a mysterious former one. When a family surrenders a pet to the shelter, like they can leave as much information or as little information as they choose. Her surrender notes simply said she won't walk and she won't eat, um, and that she was 19 years old. And she's 19. And she's 19, yeah. Lauren Seiler spotted this senior pup in a post about dogs in desperate need at a Dallas shelter. A rescue group got Annie out, Lauren brought her home, and a bucket list began. In and out, Whataburger, professional photos, a birthday, lots of walks, or rides. Annie's now quite popular. <laughs> Some of her Instagram reels have um, had like 4.2 million views. They were told they had one month. They've had four. So these best friends just keep showering Annie with love while setting themselves up to grieve. Until she tells us she's ready to go, um, we're going to let her keep living life. 19 years worth of days. And these are the most loved days a dog's ever lived. Tragically, though, Annie passed away last week after being rushed to the emergency room after her stomach flipped. She had just celebrated her one-year rescue anniversary. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott.